0: What's up, sports fans? It's another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle, and uh, it's, it's a new day. We uh, shifted from Tuesdays to Wednesdays. That'll be something we'll do at least through the uh, football season as it just makes more sense and it feels good. Hump day, halfway through the week, whatever. Rob Woodfork over here hosting uh, alongside Dave Preston, George Wallace, and Chris Cheon, as we discuss the Washington football team, the Burgundy and gold, getting the roster down to 53. There were some surprises. Uh, I mean, seeing Samus Reyes, I mean, everybody's tantalized by uh, his skill set and some of the raw abilities, but it uh, looks like Ron Rivera is going to take a chance with that. Uh, we all, I think we all thought Jared Patterson was going to make it. He was the star of the preseason local kid. Uh, great story there. But uh, some of the names like Jimmy Moreland and Peyton Barber, we didn't necessarily mm-hmm. expect to see. Uh, George, what were you most surprised by with these cuts?
1: You know, I, there wasn't a real surprise for me. It really wasn't. You know, um, the, maybe the Barber thing, because I figured they'd keep Barber. He's been a short yardage guy. We talked about that. You need a yard. He's been guy. And then maybe, you know, like I said last week, Jared Patterson. Yeah, he's a great story, but was there going to be room for him? Uh, but they they saw enough of him the first two preseason games. And Martin May, you said yesterday, yeah, he had a bad game in game three, but they saw enough to give him a roster spot. Uh, Samus Reyes is a great story. First Chilean born player, you know, to make an NFL roster. He just started playing football. He went to the uh, he's only played in two football games his entire life. That's the two preseason games. I mean, that's an unbelievable story. Uh, you know, Jimmy Moreland, look, he struggled a little bit, the people's corner. A couple years ago, he was a fan favorite, hurt his knee. We found out yesterday in the last preseason game, so he was way with the settlement. Um, Jeremy Reeves, uh, you know, Antonio Gandy Golden, I would say if you're going to give me a name, maybe that was the guy, a draft pick from last year uh, that I thought that once they got, once they cut Steven Sims, I thought that meant Golden was uh, assured a spot. Um, but they like Dax Milne. I mean, that's draft pick. So you know they're opting to go uh, that route. So, uh, total surprises? No, not really. But um, I, 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 you, you can see that Ron Rivera not afraid either to cut his draft picks, his own guys from a year ago. Usually you here, you know, yeah, you don't cut guys' draft picks first couple of years. But Rivera's not messing around. I mean, it's the young team, average age twenty six now, and he's just he's reshaped this entire roster, and
0: uh, you know, hoping for good things. And that was the thing that uh, really grabbed me, and I added in my sportscast of uh, uh, Tuesday night is that uh, Antonio Gandy Golden was his guy. That wasn't a Jay Gruden pick. He picked Antonio Gandy Golden. They threw to him in the red zone all three preseason games with yeah. you know, varying success. But you figured because of his uh, because of his skill set, because of his size, that he would be that uh, that big physical receiver. But it sounds like they're content to use Cam Sims in that role, which was uh, a little surprising to me. Uh, uh, and so, I mean, just an interesting uh, cut there. Uh, Chi, what were you thinking? I was surprised to see Dax Milne make the roster,
2: just considering a seventh-round receiver. Uh, or late guys like that typically – are not then, um, you know, make these 53 mans and to unseat a guy like Antonio Gandy-Golden, who kind of gave me the Dwayne Jarrett. Um, that's kind of how I viewed him and watching him uh, at the NFL level. Everybody's big, everybody's strong. But if you don't get that separation, you're just not going to be able to make it. And I just think then that, that was Antonio Gandy-Golden's problem. Why not give Dax Milne, the rookie, the uh, probably fresher legs, a shot here? Ricky Seals-Jones, somebody who a veteran that I was a little bit surprised to see. I mean, he's kind of battled through some stuff during the course of his early career, was most notably in, in Arizona to start off. And, uh, you know, good to see him bounce back because we know the tight end position is not certainly one. I mean, Logan Thomas had a great year last year, no doubt about it. But he does need depth behind him. So I would really say those two, I mean – George pointed out Jimmy Moreland, yeah, the James Madison grad. I think a lot of people in this area would have liked to see him make the team. But, um, you know, he's a late-round pick. He's had his shot here. Hopefully he catches on with somebody else. But, um, no, I – oh, oh, oh. Do you need three quarterbacks? Do we need Kyle Allen? I mean, can't yeah. we, like, pick somebody up on the <laughs> wire if, uh, God forbid, something happens? I mean, I think he's kind of a, a waste of space, uh, personally.
0: Yeah, I, I think the quarterback, it's, though, it's, they, it's, he's it's, learning his – could we pick somebody up off the waiver wire like a Cam Newton maybe? You know, he's out there.
1: Cut, cut his mic. Cut his, cut his video I'm gonna go. Just cut, I'm going to go. Just cut
0: it. <laughs> just cut it.
1: Um, I think Rivera learned his lesson from last year. I think that they, with the injuries and how easy it is, I think really think that's what he wants. He wants to give Kyle a shot to come all the way back. Now, to your point, Chi, could you release a Kyle Allen and he'll probably still be out there if you need him you know, in a couple months or somebody like him. Um, Cause let's be honest. If you are having to play Kyle Allen this year, that means that you're losing two other quarterbacks and you got, you know, bigger issues. So, but to your point, I can see it both ways. Yeah. I think he's worried because of last year with the injury situation. Um, but also you could say, well, okay, well, a guy like Kyle Allen is going to be out there. And if I need my third string quarterback a month into the season, then we got bigger problems.
0: Yeah. And the, I mean, the only value that I've heard from Kyle Allen is that he knows the system. Yeah. If that's yeah. the only value, has, knowing the system. Though. Yeah. I mean, knowing the system, I mean, Cam Newton knows the system and he's out there on the free agent market. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the cuts?
3: Well, first, I'm going to address having three quarterbacks. I think that teams should have three quarterbacks. So when you look at how the game has changed in the last, 30 years, it's a lot more complex and it's a lot more violent. And you, I see t- this happen more often than not around the NFL where a team will have to bring somebody in off the street and be a backup. And then they, I'm not saying that they're going to start a couple games here or there, but they might see significant time in a game. And it behooves you to have a third person in that quarterback room from the get go. The game is complex enough. The, uh, each team, their intricacy there, each team is far enough along in their own offensive system that you really need a third guy in there from the get-go. And when you don't, you're really shortchanging yourself, especially if you have a veteran quarterback or a quarterback who has injury risks. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't keep Jimmy Moreland on this roster longer than uh, I, I thought he would make the roster. I thought that maybe a Ricky Seals Jones would be left off the roster. You look at, they have four tight ends, one of which is basically a red shirt player in uh, Samus Reyes this year. Meanwhile, you've got a guy like Jimmy Moreland, who is he a great corner? No, but he's a guy who worked his way through this roster to become a contributor, a guy who uh, lifted himself uh, with, by his bootstraps from a seventh round pick. So I'm surprised he didn't make the roster. But then again, I'm not in practice every day. Uh, and I, I think when you look at Ron Rivera, the stamp that he has put on this team, this is his team. This is his roster. And every every draft pick, I think, but one made the roster this year. He's not afraid to cut his own guys, whether it's somebody from this year or Antonio Gandy Golden. So, I mean, it's he is definitely turning this into the Washington Riveras,
0: for lack of a better word. I'll throw that name into the hat for uh, the rebranding uh, as they continue that um, uh, two real quick.
1: Real quick, real quick, they like Saint Jutes, which we juiced, which we talked about. Rob and I talked about that actually yesterday. In Lake him. And the four linebackers thing right now is obviously they're not done with that position. I mean, keeping only four linebackers mean that you have nobody on the bench. So that's gonna be a position to watch in these next couple of days as well.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Ron Rivera also mentioning <laughs> on Tuesday that um, I, 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 speaking to the youth of the team, what do you say? 25 players. Uh, he estimated 25 players that are either in their first, second or third seasons. Uh, yep. I mean, that's uh, that tells you that they're
1: that's half the team,
0: much like the Nationals. They're going with the uh, with the youth uh, experiment there. And uh, to address the third string quarterback thing, look, if you're down to your third string quarterback, you're already screwed. So if it's a guy off the street, if it's a guy off the practice squad, or if it's a guy in the room the whole time, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it doesn't, it doesn't much matter. I mean, what's the difference between Kyle Allen and um, um, Montez? Mm -hmm. I just, there's, I
3: just prefer to have have a third guy in the room. I just prefer to have a third guy in the room from the get go because stuff happens and, this year's third string, uh, you see guys uh, due to injuries, trades, what have you guys, you know, whatever happens, it's always nice, especially for a position as uh, cerebral, as complex, as demanding as, as quarterback is, it, it it you're really shortchanging yourself by not having three guys in that
0: room, in my opinion. And still not Cam. And you
1: could – you can argue too you can i mean i'll i'll play it this way too you can argue that let's say you know like like i even said it too in rob just mentioned, if you're down to your third quarterback you have bigger issues but okay let's say like we have you have two freak accidents whatever quarterback and you're a month in the season defense is playing well and you have a guy that you know and has been with you for years and has fully recovered from the injury now if he can't fully get back from the injury totally different story but if he's just as capable of, as a heineken you need him to go out there and your defense is playing lights out and manage a game, I can. I can. I can go that way.
0: Yeah, I. I just don't trust him to manage a game. I, I, I'm. I'm with Chi. Chi. <laughs> Chi is super down on Kyle Allen, and I am firmly in that camp. Uh, and and the what fact, did he do to you? Because the fact of the oh. matter is, they gave up a fifth round pick for the guy. I don't. Oh, right. You even, <laughs> oh, that. We need to do that. The former MVP quarterback is uh, w- would have been free. So. And Ron Rivera did address the Cam Newton thing, so uh, I will address it as well. He said that uh, he's happy with the three quarterbacks that he has. And, um, you know, it was on his radar that uh, that Cam was out there. Uh, but so, I mean, I the only way I see Cam Newton on an NFL roster this year is if there is an injury and somebody, you know, gets desperate, especially Washington, since he knows the system. We know how important that is. So if they do get down to Kyle Allen and uh, the two guys in front of him are hurts, which is entirely possible, then you could maybe see a situation where Cam comes in and uh, and serves as the backup. But I mean, I I don't know that there's another scenario in which a he'd be he'd be and I don't want to speak for him, but I I don't see a circumstance.
1: <laughs> That's nice of you. you.
0: I don't see a circumstance under which he's going to be uh, settling for a backup. I see he still very much believes that he's a starter and I think he's still a starter. I thought he had a really good preseason in new England. The fact of the matter is they took a first rounder and uh, and, and they were happy to to play him. There wasn't enough separation between the two to to pick him. So uh, I was surprised to see him get cut altogether, but you know, again, if he's, if he's your backup, it's a good backup plan to have, but just the swagger that he has, and he's an alpha. That's a guy that has to be a starter.
1: Hey, a
3: quick, quick question. Uh, Just, uh, you know, protocol here. Uh, Have any of you brought an ex-girlfriend to a wedding as a plus one, just as friends? Because I hear that doesn't work out. You know, mm-hmm. if you've been with somebody for several years and you try to bring them back, hey, we're just pals. This is my real go- girlfriend over here. I think that's the that's the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton thing. They were together for so long. It's tough to bring him back in any way, shape or form, with the exception of being maybe an emergency quarterback.
0: All right. Well, uh, I, I, mean, I agree all, with you dating are. I'm not the person to ask for that. No,
1: but But hold on. Let, I think, listen. We got some time Preston let's hear the story let's hear the story. it obviously happened to you, so let's hear what happened
3: oh no 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 no, it hasn't happened we <laughs> we, we got the couple of nice waffle maker and and everybody was happy no it's no i, I that's I just think that that is what looms uh with you know the, the shadow of cam Newton, the history that he and Ron Rivera have had uh and not just because they haven't just had all of those games that they play together but the practices, the meetings. And I think Ron was just looking for, you know, looking for Cam to be successful on his own. He's going to be, you know, successful on his own. And Cam's upside isn't worth maybe re-going back and uh, dealing, reheating the souffle, as it were.
1: <laughs> and look, I mean, we all know, look, if, if there was a chance, that last year's different story, because the Haskins and Alex Smith thing, but if there was a chance that Ron still wanted Cam, he would have gone. He would have gone and get him this year. I mean, he would have. I think. Season, right. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, all our BS aside, but if Ron, because like Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton, what's the difference? I mean, you're not getting the quarterback in your future if you want to plug a plug a hole this year. You, if he wanted him, his guy back, he'd have gone to get him. And I mean, New England paid him five million dollars. I mean, they would have done. What's Fitz getting? 12, 10, 12?
0: Well, here's here, here's my thing with the difference between Cam and Fitz. With Cam, yeah. you have more mobility, you have <laughs> a guy who and again, they have valued this not me. Cam knew the system already coming in. So, I I think that he gives you more uh more to work with, more facets to his game. Is he a polished passer? I don't think he ever was. But right. the highest completion percentage he's had in his career came playing in this offense so to me you you could get more in terms of you know getting the run game and the pass game uh going with cam as opposed to just getting one with Fitz. and we know who Fitz is he's going to have one of those crazy games where he's just a gunslinger and throwing picks it was cute and funny when brett Favre did it not so much when you're a journeyman quarterback on your ninth team so I I I would have loved to see Cam personally. I think from uh, from a work of what we no way. Living. really <laughs> yeah <laughs> just from a swag standpoint, just from a uh, you know us covering the <laughs> team standpoint. I thought that that would have been the more fun story, but Fitz has been a joy so far, and I'm willing to see what he's got. Um, guys, I think we should uh, transition to uh, to college football because that's actually eminent. George, real quick, do you want to uh, give us something on Maryland? I am
1: excited to see uh, Maryland. I'm actually going to be in the stands this Saturday for fun. So uh, any tailgating updates, you know, you need anything, let me know. Um, But no, I, I, you look with Mike Loxley has been a lot of excitement, uh, what he's been able to do here and the recruits and uh, with the offense and, and you know, the new, everything new in Maryland now with the new performance center and things like that. And, and last year they were, they were close. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this is year three, uh, it's. I hope it's an exciting year He's got the quarterback And you've got some offensive weapons Along the defense too So I, I am excited to see What they're able to do I hope there is excitement In College Park Look, being a Maryland guy No secret there You know, I'm looking Looking for some consistency And this I hope is the year uh, That we see it I mean, Dave Preston's been A lot closer to the situation He can and, and enlighten us more But that's just my uh, My hope And, and I think we're, I think you're going to see it I think they'll win a couple games Maybe that they shouldn't and the the key is just to lose a couple is not to lose some games that you shouldn't. So uh, right. uh have a good week. Have a good week, fellas. Real quick, do you think they're bowl eligible?
0: Yes. Okay. I do. All right. Yeah. All right. I love that. George Wallace right. you want to do the sports cat. Right. Um let's go to you, Dave. Uh this is right in your wheelhouse. This is where you live and on WTOP.com uh you have been giving us previews of the uh, teams of local imports uh, all throughout the week. You definitely wanna check that out. It's gonna go out in the huddle newsletter uh, uh, Thursday morning. So definitely uh, check out those links, but uh, Dave, tell us a little bit about what we should expect to see from some of the locals.
3: And I guess first I forgot to tell George that I do have his bag of uh, hint of lime Tostitos for his tailgate this Saturday. So it's been in my trunk since 2019. I'm more of a still probably Daniel
0: good guy myself, but uh the, the, yeah. you have to be really careful about where you find it. Uh I haven't been able to find it in a while. But go Well, on.
3: the thing the thing is the Tostitos hint of lime it's more of a strong suggestion than a hint, but that's just me. Uh George, I think George is right on this team can be bowl eligible this year. Two questions. Uh, the first is always going to be the offensive line because until they have a solid offensive line and you can't microwave a line, a, a, a good offensive line is slow roasted until they do. They're just going to be a team with a lot of talent and they have a lot of talented skilled guys. Their wide receiving core. their receivers this year and you even throwing their, their tight end, probably the second or third most talented receiving core in the Big Ten. That's not that's, that, that's not small potatoes. But until they have that offensive line, that good steak dinner, you're going to be seeing quarterbacks getting hurt. You're going to be seeing running backs getting stuffed for two-yard losses on third and one. So the offensive line really needs to come together. I'm confident that Talia Tagovailoa is going to be the first quarterback in, I think, seven years to start every game of the season, whether it's been injury or ineffectiveness or last year COVID. They haven't been able to get the same guy starting every game And that goes a long ways towards a team being successful. They have a very difficult schedule to kind of pivot. Navy has an even tougher schedule. They face two top 10 teams. And I think seven other teams on their schedule from opening day against Marshall to their final game against Army are also receiving votes. Navy could be much better than last year's 3-7 and team, but still not find a way to get to a bowl. They have a, a lot of tough tests as you look through the season and they still haven't officially announced their quarterback. I think it's going to be uh, sophomore, Xavier, Arline. He started the army game last year and a few others, but last year they had a quarterback carousel and it really hurt them coming out of the gate. I had a chance to speak with Bronco Mendenhall, the Virginia head coach uh, Wednesday morning. He's very positive. Brennan Armstrong is back for another year, starting a quarterback. He should be lights out this year. Bronco's biggest concern though, is the secondary and uh, his tenure their secondary has, has been very spotty. And he admitted to me that that's where points come from. That's where you allow your big points is not having a good secondary. He's recruited numbers. He hopes to get some quality from that quality or that qual- he hopes to get quality from that quantity this year. I guess last but not least on the FBS mindset, Virginia tech big year coming up for Justin Fuente. He inherited a great program from Frank Beamer. won to division his first season. They've been consistently uneven since. They've been fortunate to beat Virginia three, you know, three of the last four years when you could easily make the case that they have not been the better team. He's got some big tests this year, including a September showdown with West Virginia. So I'm looking forward to a great week one coming up. Uh, Georgia's going to be at Saturday's game. Virginia or West Virginia and Maryland is one of those semi-regional rivalries. that's not a conference foe that you love to see in September. And I wish they had, I wish they played this game more often because it's a great bellwether to see how good is this team going to be
2: this year?
0: Yeah. And I guess uh, Maryland Georgetown doesn't really translate to football the same way it does to basketball. Now, uh, Chris Cheon in the uh, Navy sweatshirt. So uh, perhaps representing who uh, he's going to speak on here. No,
2: actually, I'm going to focus on Maryland because Dave exactly hit the nail on the head with the midshipmen and their schedule. It is absolutely brutal. Um, This is a team that uh, is kind of on the rebound from their years where they were bowl eligible. I think uh, they'll get back there, but all these sort of service academies, uh, I guess maybe not so much during this era, but um, they're struggling a little bit right now. But as George talked about bowl eligibility, that, that question you asked, I mean, initially scoffed at it then i kind of went um game by game looking at their schedule i do believe they can get to six wins in fact i think they can open up the year four no i don't think west virginia is all that great i mean i know the terps are a three-point dog week one but i think they can easily win this at home howard they'll win i watched most of that illinois nebraska game this past weekend uh, nebraska more gave that game away it was ugly scott frost i mean I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired if they lost one more game now. I mean, just – and after the game, did you hear him basically admit that they did not prepare for half of what Illinois was going to do? How are you a head coach and you admit something like that? So, anyway, I mean, just a, Nebraska is certainly not the program of when all of us were younger and watched them. Uh, Maryland beats Kent State, but then they go, you know, eight games in the Big Ten. I think they probably lose six of them. you got to beat teams – like Minnesota, like you beat last year. Um, are you able to beat Rutgers, who you lost to last year? Rutgers, a team on the up and up. And that's my big cheat guarantee for Thursday. Rutgers, minus 14 against Temple. Now it's 14 and a half. So, you know, I would buy back that hook. Um, two games to fe- to really feature this Saturday night. Absolutely can't wait. LSU-UCLA, I'm going to just, that. that's kind of the 8.30 kickoff. A little later starting the game I'm about to talk to you, but that's my appetizer because... What kind of UCLA program are we looking at? They lost a lot of close games last year. Does Chip Kelly have this team back and into some relevancy? I think that would be good for college football to see a team like UCLA, USC sort of try and break up this parity or non-parity, if you will, um, that we have at the top of the SEC programs. And then I'm talking about SEC. I'm talking about Georgia. I'm talking about Clemson. I have the Bulldogs. Seems like public kind of likes the Bulldogs here, though. So it, it's making me a little uncomfortable to go against Dabo. But um Clemson, a team, Ugolele, looked really good against Notre Dame. Um, but big shoes to fill with Trevor Lawrence. So I like in the first game, JT Daniels, a little bit more experienced than the Georgia Bulldogs.
3: Just to build off of Chris real quick, two things I like about uh, this weekend. You talked about Georgia Clemson. That's another one of those. West Virginia, Maryland matchups, non-league, but they're somewhat close to each other geographically that you, you wish that those schools played more often. And, and unfortunately that doesn't happen. Uh, Clemson, I believe they're playing Saturday's game in Charlotte where Clemson has just dominated the ACC championship game. Last time Georgia lost their season opener, I think was 2014 or 2013 Too lo and behold Clemson. So I, 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 I am confident in Clemson for some reason, uh george's coach kirby smart proves that he's not as smart as he thinks he is but it's I, I i'm just happy that we've got some college football on tap this weekend and we're not calling it week zero because week zero is one of the lamest names i have ever heard in my entire life it's w-e-a-k
2: zero yeah. and it was kind of lame too yeah. Uh, the, the games, there was like, they are all blowouts. And yeah, Nebraska, Illinois was our marquee. I mean, we could do a little better than
0: that. Yeah. First four is also pretty weak sauce, too. So if we're just being honest, I mean, i oh, hey, all ball, about and that. And yeah. I track on some of the corny stuff. Uh, guys, I think the takeaway here is it's football season. We're talking yeah. about football, guys. It's fall. And, uh, and I mean, we're going to talk about this all through the fall. And uh, next week, we're going to get on the record. I know I promised this last week, but I didn't realize I didn't in my head think about uh, college football and how that's going to take precedence. So next week, we are going to get on the record for our uh, Washington football team predictions for the season. And my NFL preview is also coming out next week. So, I mean, it's almost kind of cheating because you'll already know if you read that before you watch this show. I'm Rob Woodfork. I'm at the helm here uh, for uh, Dave Johnson, who's still on vacation. I need to borrow some of his PTO, apparently. Uh, signing off for Chris Cheon, Dave Preston, and George Wallace, who's off doing the sports uh, sportscast. And uh, he's off air now, so I don't know what he's getting into. But hopefully we'll see you guys next week. We'll talk more Burgundy and Gold. For now, we're going to break the huddle.